0: In what seems like a lifetime ago, we were blessed to own our own house for six years in the Midwest, southeastern Wisconsin, where we lived at the time. And when I owned my house for those six years, I loved my lawn. And lawns in the Midwest are different than lawns here. They're actually grass. Not, right? I love my lawn so much. And I cared for it, and I trimmed, and I edged, and... And I cut in diagonal patterns to make it look really nice. Right? It look like the outfield at Chase Field. And the weeds. Oh, I hate weeds. I would do the, the four-step care program. I don't know if you even need that here or not. But you put down you know, weed killer fertilizers four times a year. And what that didn't get, I would go out and spray. And the weeds that weren't killed by the spray of gout and pull up by hand. There was not a weed in my yard. I love my lawn. You know, at least in the Midwest, you get these lawn care uh, companies coming around and they wanna do the service for your lawn and I care for the weeds, take care of them for you. And I, I get those people who come to my door and they would hand the brochure to me and look around and say, well, I don't really think you need us, but um, just in case, well, thank you. Thank you for stopping by and admiring my lawn. Uh, my neighbors on both sides of me didn't care so much for their lawns as much as I did, especially the one neighbor. Um, it seemed like he had more weeds than grass in his yard. And, and you know what happens then? His problem becomes my problem, right? His weeds are going to turn into my weeds, right? And, and so I, you know, talk with him every once in a while. We, we were friendly with each other. And, uh, I know, there's more than one time I looked around at his yard and thought, oh, have you ever thought about one of those weed management plans, Now that you know my love for my lawn in the past and and my hatred for weeds, maybe you can understand with me why I don't get the owner of this field in our parable today. Why would he just let these weeds grow among his wheat when he knows it could do damage to his crop, to his harvest, to the wheat that he should really care about and love? I don't get it when I first read it. It doesn't make sense. Why would you not get those weeds out of there? But the owner has his reasons. Very good reasons. And we're going to take a look at his weed management plan here in this parable. This is another one of those parables Like we had two weeks ago, we looked at the sower and the seed, remember that? The sower who's out there throwing seed and it lands on four different types of terrain, right? And and there was no guessing what that parable meant. In a lot of Jesus' parables, sometimes it's unclear what this means and what that means, but but in that one, Jesus told his disciples, this is what it means, right? Same thing in this one. There should be very little confusion on what this parable is all about. Jesus explains it to his disciples when they ask him, what does the parable of the weeds in the field mean? And he obliges. He tells them what it means. And you heard it, right? The one who sowed the good seed, that's the Son of Man. That's Jesus himself. He's out there sowing good seed. That field is the world. And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. Believers. Right? He goes out there, sows, and he's got a, had a crop of its own. And he wants to take care of that and harvest it. The weeds are the people of the evil one. They're unbelievers. And later on, he describes that it, they are the weeds, that the weeds are that will causes sin and all who do evil, right? So all of the sin, all the effects of sin, all the people who are evil in this world. And he says the enemy who sows those weeds, it is the devil. That's his work, sowing those weeds among the wheat. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels, right? Jesus makes it very clear what's going on here. But yet, don't we ask, Don't we ask the questions? Maybe with words, maybe in our minds, and we certainly hear other people asking them around us. Why, God? Why why would you let weeds grow in your field? Why would you let weeds grow among the weeds, your people? Why, Why wouldn't you take care of all this evil? Why does it seem, God, like it's the unbelievers, the wicked who get ahead, and it's your people, the believers who get trampled on? Why, God, would you allow my loved one to get sick and to let them suffer for so long when you know that could harm their faith or, or, or harm my faith? Why, God, would you allow an earthquake to take the lives of thousands of people? I mean, why, God, would you allow all of this evil in this world that you know can so easily entangle even your people And choke out our faith. How about a weed management plan, God? Why don't you take care of these weeds so that we can be safe? The questions come. About why God does what he does. Why God allows what he does. Why God would allow his people to be put in such danger. I mean, think about all the weeds, all the evil, all the suffering, all the struggles of this life that seek to choke us out. His wheat, his believers. But God does have a plan. And it's not plan A. He's got, he's got plan B now. His plan A was that this world, this field, would be weed-free. Literally and figuratively. At the beginning, when God said, let there be, and then after six days of creation, he looked at everything he made. He said it was very good. It was perfect. It was weedless. No sin. No suffering. No pain. No sadness. No death. Nothing. Plan A was that that would be the way things would be in this world. Weed free. His wheat safe. Safe. But our first parents chose disobedience. They chose the way of pain and sadness and sickness and suffering and death. They chose to try to make themselves like God. And so brought sin and death into this world. And they brought weeds in, figuratively and literally. And that's why we see what we do today. Because our first parents, and now every generation since, is born into sin and does sinful things and infests and infects this world with these weeds and the evil we see and the suffering that we endure and the struggles we have to go through. But God had a plan B. He's always had a plan B. And that plan B was to send someone. That he promised right there in that garden to send one who would not destroy, but who would come to save. A plan to send his very own son. That God loved, that that owner of that field loved that field so much that he was willing to send his own son into it. Into a weed-infested world. That he was willing to come into this world to be that one that we cannot be. To be that one whose life was never entangled with the weeds. To be that one who was able to stand firm, always in the face of temptation. That one who never lets his hope in God wait. That one who always trusted the Father's plan perfectly for us. And then, the the result of those who get choked up with the weeds, who are the weeds, did you catch what their result is? Jesus says it, he says, they're going to be thrown into the blazing furnace where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth at the end. That that Son of God was so willing to save us that he himself was willing to suffer those fires of that blazing furnace for us. That on that cross, as he was forsaken by his heavenly father, he was suffering that blazing furnace in our place so that we would never have to feel that for a moment. There he was, weeping and gnashing his teeth, crying out for his God, but yet there was no answer. For us. So that we would never have to know what that feels like. That was God's plan B, and that is the plan that He carried out in Jesus Christ, our Savior. That is His weed management plan to come and to do away with the weeds. In the end, to separate that weed from that weeds and to bring His wheat, as Jesus says, into His barn, into that eternal storehouse, to bring us safely there, all through the work of that one who came and accomplished it all for us. Friends, God has a plan. A plan that's already been carried out. But we still live in a weed-infested world, don't we? Right? Jesus came. Jesus defeated sin and death. You have a home in heaven, but you still got a life of suffering, of sickness, losing people you love to death, struggling with sin. Things in this world that seek to choke out your faith and lead you away from your God? So maybe we can ask God for a wheat management plan too, right? Not just take care of the weeds, but, but how about taking care of us, your wheat? And he's got that too. He also has a wheat management plan that he promises that his wheat, he cares for it so much and loves it so much that he promises that he will nourish it. And he will strengthen it, and he will help that wheat, you, grow its roots so it can stand firm when those weeds seek to choke you out, spiritually speaking. When those weeds come and, and try to infiltrate your faith and your life and lead you away from him, God says, I will make you strong. Right? As you come to his word, as you hear what Christ has done for you, you are being nourished and strengthened as his wheat as you remember the waters of your baptism. And what God did for you there is he poured out upon you his grace and his mercy and his love and said, you are mine now and forever. You are my wheat who will be brought into my eternal storehouse and I will make sure of that. And in just in a few moments, when you come forward and receive, maybe for the first time in a very long time, the promise of his forgiveness in the body and blood of Jesus Christ himself, that you are strengthened and you are nourished and reminded of who you are. You are God's own. Loved by him. At peace with him. An heir of eternal life. Dear friends, God has a wheat management plan. And it is to keep you strong in your faith through his means of grace. To nourish you and strengthen you to deepen those roots so that you can stand firm when those weeds come and try to choke you out. And more than that. He longs to make you fruitful. He longs that you would go and bear fruit as his wheat. Did you notice when it is that they first noticed the weeds? It wasn't until that wheat grew up and, and bore its fruit. That, that's when you could tell the difference between the weeds and the wheat. And isn't that the difference in our world today too? The way to tell the difference between the weeds and the wheat is in the fruit they bear. In the lives they live. And it's our opportunity as God's wheat... That he grows, that he strengthens, that he causes to bear fruit. And as Jesus says, that we are appointed to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Fruit that makes it known who we are and who our God is. Isaiah says this in the Old Testament. He says that we are a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Friends, that's who we are is his wheat in his field. We get to display his splendor to the world to show his peace To show his love, to show his forgiveness, to show his kindness and his gentleness and his mercy. That's who we get to be in this world, in this field. People will see us by our fruit. People will notice us. People will see our God as we get to go and bear fruit for him. Friends, this is who we are. This is what God promises to do for us through his means of grace. To strengthen us so that we can go and we can bear fruit for him. And then listen to Jesus' promise right at the end. That at the end, after the weeds are taken care of, right? Listen to this part of the wheat management plan that sustains you, that strengthens you as you go through this life of suffering. He says, at the end, the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. You hear what Jesus calls you? He calls you righteous. Righteous holy, blameless. That's what you are. That is what you are declared to be because of Jesus Christ. Because of his life and his death and his resurrection, you are righteous in God's sight right now. Think about that, friends, as you live in this life of suffering. As you go through the struggles and the challenges and the, the, you struggle with sin as you continue to fight sickness And have to deal with death. You are righteous. You are holy right now and forever. And he says that you are righteous. And you will shine like the sun in the kingdom of your father. He calls God your father. That is what you are. You are his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. He is your heavenly father. That is what you are. Friends, let that be your strength. Let that be your encouragement. Let that be your joy as you go back out into this field, as you go back out and live among the weeds, remembering who you are. You want a weed management plan? God's got it. He's accomplished it already through Christ. It's already set. It's already done. In the end, those weeds will be pulled up and thrown into the fire. You want a weed management plan? God's got that too. He promises to preserve you, to strengthen you, To make you go and give you the ability to go and bear fruit in your life for him. To keep you strong until the end until you are with him forever. It's all God. From start to finish. The plan is his. The field is his. The kingdom is his. And by his grace we are his. Amen. Please stand.